booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News on this Friday, January 20th. 39 cloudy skies. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. This is not about congestion. This is, this is such a misnomer. This is a money grab. A new congestion pricing plan could trump the current one. Actor Alec Baldwin and the armor on the set of Rust will face trial in a fatal shooting on that movie set. President Biden responds to the investigation into the discovery of classified documents found outside the White House. The White House refusing to negotiate with House Republicans over spending cuts as the nation's hits its debt limit ceiling, threatening a halting of payments. Two dead in a small plane crash after a single-engine plane drops off the radar after departing JFK. A new congestion pricing alternative. It seeks to stop the current plan right in its tracks. The bipartisan anti-congestion tax act proposed by Democratic Congressman Josh Gottheimer of New Jersey and New York Republican Matt Waller. So they've drawn up legislation to try and defund the MTA at the federal level if congestion pricing is, in fact, put in place. Gottheimer recently spoke to the early news about his opposition to the act. By the MTA's own admission, they've said, when they, what they've submitted to the Department of Transportation, that it won't actually reduce congestion or reduce pollution. You know, this is nothing more for the MTA than a bailout for years of mismanagement and corruption. The commuter tax would cost drivers 23 bucks a day south of 60th Street and also push traffic to the outer boroughs. And as drivers try to avoid that fee, the MTA claims it needs some money to offset its budget hole and that the plan would be good for the environment. Gottheimer said he believes a congestion tax plan won't reduce congestion or pollution and will disproportionately impact low-income drivers. And Lawler called congestion pricing a ludicrous tax grab by the country's most mismanaged authority and said it should be stopped dead in its tracks. Actor Alec Baldwin and armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed will each be charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter. That in connection with the 2021 fatal shooting on the New Mexico set of the film Rust, which killed 42-year-old Helena Hutchins, the film's cinematographer. Director Joel Souza was also hurt in the shooting but survived. Santa Fe First Judicial DA Mary Carmack Altwise and Special Prosecutor Andrea Reeb announced their decision yesterday morning in a written statement shared with media. Reeb later spoke to Fox News. Alec Baldwin, he is an A-list actor, and, and there's a lot of, you know, uh, hype around all that, but he isn't above the law. We're more concerned with getting um, justice for Helena Hutchins and also making it clear that these movies need to invest in safety. And on a low-budget film like Rust, safety is not something that needs to be compromised. And that's what happened here. In a statement, Baldwin's attorney, Luke Nikas of Quinn Emanuel, said that the decision is a terrible miscarriage of justice. President Joe Biden responded yesterday to questions about the classified document scandal and subsequent investigation. A frustrated president said Thursday there was no there there when he was persistently questioned about the discovery of classified documents and official records at his home and former office. As we found, uh, we found a handful of documents were failed uh, were filed in the wrong place. 
We immediately turned them over to the archives of the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating and looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Attorney General Merrick Garland last week appointed Robert Hur, a former Maryland U.S. attorney, to serve as special counsel to oversee the DOJ's inquiry into the documents. The White House refusing to negotiate with Republicans on raising the nation's debt ceiling, reasoning they have much more leverage if they don't negotiate. Some members of Congress, like Republican from Pennsylvania, Scott Perry, want spending cuts before raising the debt ceiling. He spoke to CBS. The American people are sick of it. They want some responsibility used when it comes to spending their hard-earned money. And, uh, and, and we're going to get after that. That's our pledge. The Treasury Department started taking extraordinary measures to pay federal government bills as the U.S. hits its debt limit Thursday, according to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She is pushing Congress to pass a bill to lift the country's $31.4 trillion debt limit. She expects the Treasury can keep paying its bills until at least June. Congress has voted to increase the debt limit more than a dozen times in the last 25 years. A family from Long Island is suing Facebook, now Meta, for allegedly harming their teenage daughter through her use of Instagram. Now 20-year-old Alexis Spence of Yapank started using Instagram on her phone when she was just 11 years old. She now suffers from anxiety and has a therapy dog. Spence said she innocently created an account so she could play with webkins. Instead, she said Instagram bombarded her with anorexic-related material and that she was bullied by people in chat groups if she gained even an ounce of weight. Matthew Bergman of the Seattle-based Social Media Victims Law Center is representing the families in this lawsuit. He spoke to ABC7. Currently, these social media platforms operate in this etherland where they don't have any of the responsibility that any other responsible company in America does. Spence said she hopes to be able to speak in front of Congress about the dangers of social media. On Thursday, Instagram announced new features to help people, especially teens, manage their nighttime use on the platform. Police shot and killed an active shooter at an Indiana Walmart late last night. Police responded to the big box retailer in Evansville, Indiana last night, where at least one victim was hurt. Sergeant Anna Gray of the Evansville PD confirmed one female victim was transported to a hospital. She also said police responded swiftly to the scene and immediately entered the big box retailer, engaging the gunman as officers, she said, are trained to do so. Vandenberg County Sheriff is Noah Robinson. He spoke to Eyewitness News WEHT. A lot, a lot goes through your mind when, when a call like this comes in, all the possibilities, right? I am so relieved tonight that we had one serious injury. I'm not aware of the victim's status yet, but no other injuries besides the, the perpetrator who was shot and killed uh, by, by the sheriff's office or police. We're still working that out. Police said the suspect had been neutralized. Police haven't released the name of the shooter killed by police or a motive. It happened about 10 o'clock last night. Attorneys for Disgraced, FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried urged the judge in his fraud case to keep the names of two people who co-signed his $250 million bond secret because of threats to SBF and his parents. Bankman-Fried's lawyer said there was a security incident at his parents' California home where the former FTX CEO is released on home confinement. In a letter to Judge Lewis Kaplan opposing nearly a dozen media organizations' requests to make the identities of the co-signers known, Bankman-Fried's lawyers described the incident. They said a black car drove into the metal barricade that is set up outside their Palo Alto home. Three men exited. 
The security guard on duty confronted them. The men said, you won't be able to keep us out. The men fled, although the guard got their license plate. Jason Trenner, CEO of Strategus Research Partners, a brokerage firm here in New York City, spoke to 77 WABC about the FTX collapse. What's remarkable are the, in my opinion, are the institutional investors, the Sequoias, the big private equity firms, the big Wall Street firms. They got snookered by this guy as well. A judge released Bankman Freed on a $250 million bond and required him to have an electronic monitoring bracelet and be under house arrest at his parents' home in Palo Alto, California, as he awaits trial. Reaction pouring in about actor Alec Baldwin being charged with involuntary manslaughter for the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the movie set of Rust. Here's 77 WABC's Noam Layden. Gene Mattis is a reporter for Variety, and he says now that Baldwin has been charged, directors will likely stop casting him. It's certainly not good for his career, even if he is acquitted, and there will always be people who think that he did something wrong here. And Baldwin's New York neighbors say the prosecutor in New Mexico had no choice but to charge the 64-year-old actor. Because he shot the gun, so he should have been charged, accident or not. Wow, it's really hard because he may not known what was in that gun, but pointing the gun at her and shooting her is like... For early news, I'm Noam Layden. The National Retail Federation says skyrocketing retail thefts cost companies $94.5 billion. Companies taking drastic action now to protect from lost profits. Numerous pharmacies, grocery stores, other retailers have shortened store hours or done things like even closed permanently. A new report that is out by DLAID was provided to Fox News Digital found that more than 80% of retailers all across the country have seen an increase in violence associated with theft last year. Walmart CEO is Doug McMillan. He spoke to CNBC's Squawk Box. Theft is an issue. It's higher than what has historically been. And we've got safety measures, security measures. If that's not corrected over time, prices will be higher right. and or stores will close. And- Stores are using things like more security cameras, security guards, and team members dedicated to retail loss prevention. And even home repair chains like Lowe's and Home Depot have announced a crackdown on power tool thefts. A new initiative called Project Unlock will utilize RFID chips and scanners to activate power tools when they're actually purchased at the register. If they're stolen, they're useless. The U.S. won't be sending tanks to Ukraine in its newest aid package. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has the story. On Thursday, Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh said it, quote, doesn't make sense to give Ukraine tanks at this point in their ongoing war with Russia, adding that the time and cost it would take to maintain the American tanks wouldn't be helpful to the Ukrainians. As you know, we've provided the Bradleys. Um, We're seeing other nations step up and continue to provide um, equipment and material to Ukraine. Ukraine um, that they can. Ukraine has so far been working with older Soviet-era tanks, but President Zelensky has been asking for upgraded versions for months now, as he expects a big offensive attack in the coming spring. Germany is also holding out on providing upgraded tanks to Ukraine, unless the U.S. does so first. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. And the annual March for Life down in Washington, D.C. later today, following the U.S. Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade legalizing abortion. Movement leaders say they plan to warn Congress against making any attempt to try and curtail the multiple anti-abortion laws imposed last year in a dozen different states. 77 WABC News Time 515. 
All right, Justin Ellis here. He's got to look at sports. Well, thank you, Deb. We'll start here on the hardwood. The Nets continue to struggle without their star in Kevin Durant as they drop their fourth straight in Phoenix to the Suns by a score of 117 to 112 after a clutch three from Kyrie Irving cut the deficit to three with time dwindling. The Nets would just simply run out of time in this one, despite the loss Irving led the contest in scoring with his 30 points for the night. The Nets will be in Utah tonight for a 9 p.m. tip-off to try and right the ship against the Jazz. As for the Knicks, they'll be back in action tonight in Atlanta for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off with the Hawks. And on the ice, we were over 3 locally for the evening, so let's start with our losers at the Garden and the Rangers, who fell 3-1 to to the visiting Boston Bruins. They'll be off for the weekend before returning to the ice on Monday night to host the Florida Panthers. As for the Islanders, they dropped 1-3-2 to in overtime on the road in Buffalo against the Sabres. This was an opportunity for the Owls to pounce on a struggling squad, with the Sabres losing five of their previous six games. But one point is all New York could salvage before they get set to host the first-place Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow night. And last but not least, the Devils needed overtime as well, just to lose a 4-3 to to the Kraken out west in Seattle. They'll return home to host the Pittsburgh Penguins on Sunday. And, of course, your NFL playoffs divisional round Preview coming up this weekend. We'll start here on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Your AFC uh, four-seed Jaguars will visit the one-seed Chiefs, who are eight-and-a-half-point favorites in that one. Saturday night, of course, the big one, the one we're all looking forward to, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time, out in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field, the NFC six-seed New York football Giants taking on the one-seed Eagles. The Eagles are seven-and-a-half-point favorites in that one. Sunday... 3 p.m. The action starts. You got the AFC three seed Bengals at the two seed Bills, who are five and a half point favorites. And Sunday at 6:30 p.m., the NFC five seed Cowboys will wrap it up in San Francisco against the two seed 49ers, who are three and a half point favorites in that one. So Monday morning, we'll see what remains in the NFL. Any news on Tom Brady? Has he said is he going to retire yet, or was is more fake news on him, or what's going on? No, uh, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing from him directly uh, quite yet. But uh, we got playoffs, Deb. Why does everybody care so much about Tom Brady? That's right. Let's go, John. I mean, come on now. All right. <laughs> I'm just about. I, I know who you're rooting for in that game. Well, listen, well, well, all right. We'll keep that quiet keep this morning. All right. all right. Time for Lou Dobbs and your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Stocks on a three-day losing streak. More hawkish Fed comments scaring investors. The latest jobs data adding some fuel to the fire. The labor market remains red hot, even as tech companies lay off tens of thousands. Netflix stock soaring in after-hours trading. The company missed earnings targets but added more than 7.5 million subscribers, more than 3 million above Netflix's own forecast. More bank earnings today. Ally Financial's revenue forecast down 6% last quarter. Ally's stock is up about 7% so far this year. Meta investors raising more metaverse concerns. The Facebook parent announced 11,000 job cuts late last year. Still, some say it's not enough. CEO Mark Zuckerberg's under pressure to boost profits. The stock is down more than 50% from a year ago. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Checking your futures this morning. The Dow down 30 points. S&P's dropped one and a half. The Nasdaq up 14 and three quarter points. Gold's up $6 an ounce. As for crude oil, it's at $80.50 a barrel. That's up 17 cents. The WABC Early News. 77 WABC News Time, 520. Denver Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Thanks for joining us. A small plane crash in Westchester County Thursday night ends tragically. 
two passengers on board killed. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard reports. The single-engine A36 Beechcraft Bonanza took off from JFK Airport just before 5 p.m. 25 minutes later, the pilot reported low oil pressure, quickly followed by word of engine problems before the tower at Westchester County Airport lost contact with it. The plane was headed from JFK to the Cleveland area. The pilot and one passenger were the only people on board and were found inside the wreckage after it was located in the trees near the airport around 11 p.m. The plane's tail number traces back to TNG Flying Club in Ohio. The identities of the victims have not been released. The NTSB and FAA will investigate. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. Former NYPD Sergeant's Benevolent Association President Ed Mullins pleaded guilty to a federal wire fraud charge yesterday. He admitted to stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from the NYPD union he led for two decades. Mullins pleaded guilty to filing false and inflated expense reports. Federal investigators believe he stole at least $600,000 from the union, which represents some 13,000 active and retired NYPD sergeants. Mullins attorney Tom Kenneth spoke to NBC4 New York. I think Mr. Uh, Mullins took a big step today towards uh, uh, righting his wrongs and uh, that in the end, and we're hopeful that in the end uh, you know, he'll be judged not uh, merely in the context of this case, but uh, in the context of an entire, his entire law enforcement career. The maximum sentence for the wire fraud charge Mullins pleaded guilty to is two decades in prison, but Kenneth said he expects a lower sentence as part of his plea agreement. Mullins agreed to pay. $600,000 to the federal government and another $600,000 to the union. Well, the audience at a Manhattan anti-crime summit burst into applause last night when a top police official, Jeffrey Madry, pushed back against a state lawmaker who defended New York's controversial bail reform law and accused police of not making enough arrests. So respectfully, Mr. Dean's read up some statistics about repeat offenders they would not be repeat offenders if the officers were not constantly arresting them. So we're not going to, you know, no respect to you. And I'm not going to stand here with the notion that my cops are walking in and not making an arrest. When we are constantly arresting the same people, I think it proves that we are. Not just, that is Jeffrey Madry there, the NYPD's chief of the department. He appeared upset when Assemblyman Jeffrey Dinowitz, Democrat out of the Bronx, alleged that many cops have the attitude that bail reform would put anybody they busted right back out onto the streets. When given a chance to fire back, Madry heard him there, pointed to statistics about repeat offenders cited earlier by the moderator of their Manhattan Chamber of Commerce panel discussion. He said, respectfully, Assemblyman, there would not be repeat offenders if the offenders were not constantly arresting them, Madry said to that applause. Well, the Nassau County executive is outraged over an anti-Semitic attack, which Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg prosecuted with a slap on the wrist. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman and other community leaders are outraged by what they say is a disgraceful plea deal offered to the man behind a brutal anti-Semitic attack, and he wants Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg to reconsider. This was a violent felony, a violent felony, and to be reduced to a misdemeanor with a six-month sentence is an affront to all people of goodwill 
but especially the Jewish people. Nassau County resident Joey Borgen was viciously assaulted by Wasim Awadeh and a group in Midtown Manhattan in May of 2021. Borgen was wearing a yarmulke and the mob savagely attacked him as he walked to a pro-Israeli rally. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. A federal judge in Brooklyn has granted the federal government's motion to dismiss a case against Baimadaja N. Wang. He's the NYPD officer who'd been accused of acting as an agent of China. During a brief hearing yesterday, federal prosecutors declined to elaborate on the evidence that led them to move for dismissal, telling the judge that evidence remained classified. Here's what Ang Wang said outside the courthouse. I just want to say thank you for coming. Uh, thanks. For all the people who trusted me, who believed me since the beginning, my family, my friends, my Marine Corps brothers, my NYPD colleagues, thank you. And Wang had been let out on bail. He had been detained at the outset of this case for about six months, which the judge called unfortunate. Federal prosecutors asked a judge earlier this week to dismiss criminal charges against the NYPD officer and Army reservists without detail. Two people pulled from a fast-moving fire at a four-story apartment building, 21 Mulberry Street in Yonkers, yesterday afternoon. These two fire victims, a 68-year-old man is now listed in critical condition, an 85-year-old woman in stable condition following that rescue. Maria Garcia, a resident of that apartment building, spoke to ABC7. I really don't know, honestly. Lost everything. They said we can't go back in the building. Um, they believe it may collapse. It's an old building, like over 100-plus years old, I believe. So all that water definitely, definitely did something. They say both victims appear to have resided on the building's fourth floor where they were rescued. Additional residents of the building were relocated to the nearby Westchester School where they were helped by the Red Cross and other emergency management personnel. It's not yet clear just how that fire started. An investigation is ongoing as to the cause. On the wake of her nominee's failed bid to be the state's top judge, New York's Governor Hochul said yesterday she is considering all of her options, including going to court. The state Senate Judiciary Committee voted down Justice Hector LaSalle in a close vote yesterday, uh, Wednesday afternoon, actually. Hochul could sue to force a full vote by the state Senate. The loss in the entertainment world, singer-songwriter David Crosby is dead at the age of 81. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard reports. Crosby was a founding member of influential 60s rock bands The Birds and Crosby, Stills, and Nash, which later became Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. He formed Crosby, Stills, and Nash in 1968, and their first album was an instant success, winning them a Grammy for Best New Artist. Crosby went on to have a controversial career and was arrested several times for drugs and weapons possession, but despite this, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice for his major influence on rock music. On Thursday, Thursday, his wife released a statement to Variety announcing he died surrounded by family after battling a long illness. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. Our interview coming up at 550 with John Paul Mac Isaac, who took in Hunter Biden's now famous abandoned laptop. He weighs in on the classified document scandal surrounding the president. And if you miss the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website. WABCradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.